This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, fire away. Okay. Um, I have an issue. We've been married for a number of years. Um, and my issue is that I fear my husband. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but whenever he's around, I turn into a very obedient puppy. I do everything that I think a good wife should do, but he collapses because he has no wife. He has an obedient puppy. Meaning, uh, yeah. so I, I don't think that any home should be run on fear. And I mean, the Gemara talks about this in so many places, right? That it's us or to put a person's not allowed to have a home that's run out of fear. So if that's the dynamic in the relationship, then somebody has to communicate that that's not a foundation that any relationship can be can be can be strong on. In fact, it's the exact opposite of fear, which is acceptance, right? Because if if somebody doesn't feel loved, cared for, and accepted, then it, it's literally the opposite. So I would really, really encourage you to have somebody speak to your husband along with you, because the foundation of a home is 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 the exact opposite. You know, I'm going to go back to like what I was saying with Chena. It's not Chena, his. It's not his issue. He's not. He's not making me fear. <laughs> he's not doing anything that should make me fear him. It's my issue. Is it coming from like an underlying trauma of something that you've been through? I believe so. Okay, fine. So then your husband's a tzaddik, and <laughs> okay, good. Um, but 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 then that ha- that 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 has to be addressed. Um, usually, when somebody goes through a traumatic event, right? So then, you know, the triggers that set things off later on. You'd be really, really, really encouraged to become the one who's able to become receptive and realize that. You know, if your husband's not out to get you, if your husband's a nice, sweet guy, then that underlying trigger has to become, um, you know, has to become worked through. I'll just speak this out with you because I, I, I believe, tell me if this speaks to you, um, something that I, you know, I, I find a lot with people who've been through traumas in their life is that in many areas, if you think about the word intimacy and the word intimacy, like in an emotional sense, to many, to many degrees, what it means is it's it's an ability to allow somebody into your inner space, right? That's how I would define the word intimacy. I hear people say like the word intimacy is into me see, like you know, like you allow them in to many to a large degree, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, right, makes sense, right? Intimacy, right? Yeah. So, so if you think about it, um, if if somebody breaks through that barrier when they're not supposed to be, so it's almost like you know, let's say in a bank, they have a guard at the door who says, you're allowed in, you're not allowed in. Now imagine somebody crashes their car through the front of the bank, then oftentimes you just put up plywood and say, well, nobody could come in now because we don't have the guard. We, we don't know what's okay and what's not okay. Sometimes, okay. You don't, sometimes you don't put up that guard and you just have an openness or somebody broke through that barrier and all of a sudden, you know, that's why a lot of people who've been through trauma in their life. They oftentimes you know, engage in promiscuity or they don't like having boundaries or restrictions because that has been crashed through and therefore they haven't learned to, to then regulate their personal emotional space. They've never learned how to re um, reestablish it. So if you're, if you're putting up that plywood and therefore your spouse is not able to get in and it's coming with the emotion of fear, then you would be very wise to you know, reestablish the glass front with the guard at the door. 
Because if you don't do that, then that plywood is going to prevent any real meaningful, intimate connection, like a deep connection on a personal level with your spouse. It's going to prevent it. You hear what I'm saying? Totally. But how do I do that? There are therapists that specialize, specialize specifically in this. It's, it's reestablishing those, those boundaries, those emotional boundaries, so that you're not living in a fearful situation where there's no fear. Meaning if there was fear, then the person who's you know, putting the fear has, has to be spoken to. If there's no fear, it's just coming from your underlying trauma, then you have to, you're carrying around this baggage you know, years later in your life. You know, soldiers, obviously, who go through war, right? They hear a bang in the middle of the night. They jump out of bed. They, they wake up in a cold sweat. They think that there are bombs falling on their head because they're, they're, they're traumatized. If somebody has gone through trauma, oftentimes that trauma is in their backpack and they have to learn how to leave that backpack behind. It's not something I specialize in, but there are trauma therapists who deal with this. If you email me, I could send you some recommendations of some very good trauma therapists, but that's something that really needs to be addressed. Okay, thank you so much. All right, Hatzlach Rabbah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, what if my husband doesn't truly respect me and deep down doesn't value who I truly am and my opinion? How do I respect him? And how do I work on truly loving him in that case? So I think that when it, com- when it comes to relationships, it's funny because this is like one of the most often, like I get this question in various formats, which is that, Spouse A is trying to put something into their marriage, but because they're not getting from spouse B what they're trying to put in, then they can't put it in. You know what I mean? Because it's a two-way street. Meaning with your children, if your children say to you, you're the worst mommy, you're the worst daddy, you're like, okay, relax, you're three years old. You know, like it, it does, it's not as hurtful, you know? It, it's, you know it's, it's when you're in a horizontal relationship that you have that expectation. Like there's something that you're, you're like expecting back from your spouse. I think that that's where it becomes more challenging. So what, what, what I would say is as follows. I think that a lot of these ideas, you know, they're not intuitive. They're not intuitive. A lot of people think like, oh, marriage is intuitive. Chinuch is intuitive. It's not intuitive. <laughs> this is deep stuff. Or maybe I'm just slow. I've been studying this for like 15 years. And like, I still find like, you know, nuances within so much part of this. Somehow people figure this out in 10 minutes. Like, I don't know. I don't think this is intuitive stuff. I think that this is very, very deep stuff. You have to really study and understand this. So if a relationship is not there, I think that part of the acceptance is that it's not there. It's not your spouse's fault. It's not your fault. It's it's not there because maybe this was never spoken through. Maybe you never got the proper education. Maybe you grew up in a home where you didn't see these values. It wasn't spoken through. So you understood what you were seeing maybe in your home. I think that the baseline is that this is where your spouse is. Your spouse does not respect you. And you, you love them for the fact that they don't respect you. You don't have an expectation that was never spoken through. You never went to stage B, which is to talk it through. You never even spoke it through. You do, he doesn't love me. He doesn't respect me. He doesn't care for me. So I don't love him, care for him, respect him. One second, one second. You have something that you could bring into your relationship and you didn't yet talk it through with your spouse. So therefore, you're just disengaging. Disengaging is not a relationship. That's not marriage. I think that it starts with accepting the baseline of who your spouse is and then having a conversation with them. Then go to, then go to B. Then go to stage B and say to your spouse, wow, I just heard this amazing idea. You know, I think it would be amazing if we started to incorporate this together. 
How about if we like learn this machshavah together? If we talk through this machshavah together? I always say, my wife and I, we literally, like a thousand ideas that we spent countless hours like pulling apart. How do you expect your marriage to get somewhere if the whole foundation of the marriage is never discussed? It's never even discussed. It doesn't make any sense. It's like being an accountant and not discussing, you know, tax. You don't know anything about tax. How are you going to be an accountant? You know what I'm saying? You're a mechanic. You don't know anything about a car. How could you be a husband or a wife if you don't even discuss the emotions in a relationship? You have to talk it through. So if somebody has this idea, but it's not there, so then make it there. Make it a part of the conversation. Make it part of the discussion. Ask your spouse to come along with you on the journey. I would argue that they usually will come along with you on the journey if they feel loved and respected and not judged and not like a failure. If you make your husband or your wife feel like the reason why something needs to change is because of them, because they do something wrong or they don't give you something, they're, they're not going to come along with you on this journey. If you say to them, you are amazing, you are great, highlight all the things that you do accept about them. And there are a million things that you do subconsciously accept about them. You accept their money happily, right? You accept a lot of, you accept when they take your kids to, to, to camp or to school or to the park, you accept it graciously. There's a lot of things that you do accept, right? Communicate that to them. I want you to know, I accept all these things about you. You are amazing. You give me so much. Tell them what they do. I don't say but, but is a qualifier, right? Never say but, right? Say to them, right? There's, there's, there's other ideas out here. As you're going for a walk with them, hey, you should know, I just heard this amazing idea. Let's incorporate this. Let's, let's incorporate the next thing. You know, one of the things that I think is so powerful about Torah anytime is that people get to criticize their spouse without their spouse realizing that they're getting criticism. They're like, hey, let's watch a share together. And then they watch and they're like, wow, this is amazing. It's exactly what we are struggling with. You know, it, it allows you to, it allows you to bring, it allows you to bring like things into your home that you otherwise may have a hard time bringing up. I see this all the time, you know, people tell me all the time, like, I'm struggling with this, which share should I watch? So they watch this and this. And then like, they, they, I'm not joking. They do. It really, it works. So I think part of the acceptance is a baseline of who your spouse is. Who is your spouse? There's somebody who actually, you do accept a lot and you do respect a lot and you do get a lot from them. But at the same time, there's more elements that you want to bring in. Great. That's the greatest thing you can do for your marriage. All right, we spoke about this in the past. The greatest thing you can do for your marriage is have a voice, is bring elements into your home. You're not, you're not doing it in a, in a bad way. You're not doing it in a way that like, oh, I'm out to get you. And you're not doing it in a way where your spouse feels like a failure. If you, if you do it in a way where your spouse feels like a failure, then don't do it. It's not worth it. You'll just create more distance in your in your quest to bring more connection, you're going to create more disconnection. In your quest to bring more respect, you'll create more disrespect. And in your quest to bring more acceptance, you'll get more, you know, non-acceptance. Yeah. Just make sure it's on. Down for me a little bit. Like, so I'm not at all expecting any change from him. I'm trying to change myself to accept him more. I think Is the that first, what you're saying? The, so let's break it down. Three steps. Step one, I would say, is a true acceptance, a true acceptance of who your spouse is. True acceptance. Who is he? In your mind, who is he? And convey that acceptance. Communicate it. I, 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 I accept you. I respect you. I love you. I care for you. It should be communicated, right? And the person should really feel it. Now, 
step, step two is think about the things that you don't like about what they do. Those moments of, you know, where you don't accept them. Those moments where you, which is hard for you when they get up late or whatever the case may be, all those things. And then say to yourself, do I have a voice here? Is my voice coming across that I'm trying to help the person in their life? Or is my voice just coming across that I'm just being critical? If it's just critical and you're trying this for X amount of time and it's not doing anything, then what are you doing? What are you doing? You're not doing anything for your home, not doing anything for your marriage. So stop doing it. You know what I'm saying? Just stop doing it. And either go back to level one and just say, I accept the fact that my husband, you know, this is who he is. And if you're able to get yourself there, then great. It's like a true acceptance. But sometimes you'll find that you have a lot more of a voice that you think you have, but the voice that you're using is the wrong voice. The voice that you're using is a voice of criticism, that he's a failure, that he's bad, that he's terrible. So he's like, okay, very nice. So why am I trying to do something different for you? I think the point of marriage is not to change your spouse. It's not. You, you, your, your goal is to try to help them in as, as much as you're able to. I just saw the Medrash says, um, we all know that Hashem created a wife to be an Azer Kenegdai. So it says that she's, on the one hand, she's an Azer, And on the other hand, she's Kenegdai. So the Gemara says, if he's Zaycha, then she's an Azer, And if he's not Zaycha, then she's Kenegdai. The question is obvious. So like a guy doesn't have the right schus, and all of a sudden he has a bad marriage. <laughs> so the answer is no. They're both Lutaiva. They're both really good. What does that mean? It means that when he does the right things, it's very easy for a wife to be an Azer, to be a helpful. It's when he's doing the things that are not so great, then she has to switch modes to be Kenegdai, to be opposite him, to try to help him out along his journey, just like a mother or a father would try to do for their children when they see that their children need some corrective action. But it's the same love. It's the same care. It's the same, let me help you get up in the morning. There's no, there's no being a bad wife. There's no hat there to be a bad wife. There's no hat there to raise your voice, to scream and yell at your spouse. You know, I, I, I had a couple ones sitting in my house and like they were talking. And at one point I said, I said like, forget what's being said right now. What, this cannot happen. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry to tell you, they're like 20 years older than me. I'm like, I'm really sorry. You can't scream like this. Okay. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't just say whatever you want and do whatever you want because you're a spouse. It doesn't mean like, oh, my husband wasn't Zaycha, so therefore I'm a Meshuggah. No, it doesn't work that way, right? Your job is to help your spouse, either as an Azer, he's doing the right thing, so help him out. And if he's not, then be Kenegdai, help, help him out. It's both, it's both love, it's both care. You hear what I'm saying? We're human. It's very hard to completely take yourself out of the picture. Like if, if something's, like, I would love to say like, and, and that I'm, doing it just to help him. But sometimes like I care about me also. I'm like, it's hard for me that he does like this. So yeah. I really would like him to change it for me. Is that terrible? I don't know. Like, So even within the things that you want your spouse to give you more, you want them home on time. You want them to be pay you more, pay more attention to you. Even in those things, there's a way to do it where it's coming out of love for them. I, I think that I would, I would, you're bringing out such a good point. I think that Part of this whole you say that we're talking about over here is that your own emotions you also have to hold yourself accountable for. And you hear what I'm saying? As part of you're right, you're right. You feel slighted because 
he cut you short or he ran out early or he didn't spend time with you or it's been a while since you got a compliment, whatever the case may be, you didn't get from your spouse what you want from them. The easiest thing to do is to feel that hurt, feel that slight, and then say, I, I, I'm helping him. I'm helping him. I'm about to explode. So I'm going to help him, you know, by, by warning him, right? I'm preparing him for what's about to come, <laughs> right? If you, if you hold your own emotions accountable, you say to yourself, okay, I'm, let me talk myself through here. What I'm doing right now is I'm actually hurt. If I'm hurt, I can't, I can't say something to my child. Well, how am I going to come across? I'm going to come across like a raving, screaming lunatic. I have to calm myself down. I have to put my emotions on the side. This is, I think, why it's so hard to actually accomplish this. But I think that this is the Aveda. Aveda is putting your emotions on the side, saying to your spouse, one second, why did he do that? Let me ask you that question. Why did your husband do whatever it is that, that you have a hard time accepting? Because he's, he's, he's a psychopath? No, right? Did he go out to like butcher some people, right? To just key somebody's car just for fun? No, he's not. He's not crazy, right? So where did he go? Oh, he went out to learn. Oh, he went out to make money for you. Oh, he went to take your kid to whatever it is, right? Usually you'll find like the person's not crazy, right? They're not, they're not just out to get you. They're not malicious. So what, what, why, did, why didn't they give you what you needed? Oh, because they took their eye off the ball. He forgot something that was important to you. He didn't say something the way you wanted it to be said. But it's not malicious, meaning your own emotion, if you hold yourself accountable, then you'll have so much more acceptance. So when your spouse comes in the door, you don't jump on them. And you turn to them, you say like, wow, you've been so busy lately. I really feel like we need a little bit of time together. It would mean the world to me if we could just make like date night tomorrow night. You're talking like a mensch. You hear what I'm saying? That's the idea of channeling. A lot of people don't like when I say this, but channeling doesn't mean, channeling means like your own emotion is, is intact. And then you take your emotion and you take your spouse and you're able to like move it to where it needs to get to. That's a successful wife. That's a successful husband. If you can really do that successfully, you've mastered this. It's when we say, but what do you mean? I'm human. Yeah, but humans have emotions, right? And a part of being human is not just going by emotion. It's not like a dog. You hit a dog, a dog gets angry. Like, Like we master our emotion. That's exactly what it means to be human, right? We're, we're big people. We're not small people. It's part of that. You're able to work on true acceptance. And I, I want to just speak something else out also. As I'm talking, I'm realizing this. It's, it's not about forcing yourself to become a tzaddikas overnight. It's not about convincing yourself that you've somehow mastered this before you master it. If you do that, you're going to be the most resentful spouse. You're going to be like, I, 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 well, I heard was I have to get myself to acceptance and love and respect and all these words. And I don't know all the other stuff that was said, but okay, fine. No, no. If you do that, you're going to become a total shmata. You, you have to go through the steps that we spoke out over here. And this is like a real avayda. This is a real avayda. This is an avayda of like getting yourself to a point where there is acceptance, where you do have a voice. You should use your voice. That stage B, that corrective action, you have to take that corrective action. You can't be a mother that just says like, I'm a shmata and my kids run my life. No, you're a mother. You have to take bilas. You have to take responsibility for your children. You have to take responsibility for your spouse, not in a controlling way, but you're a wife. You have, you have duty to your husband. Husband has duty to a wife. This is not like just a hefker. It's not just free for all. I'm not saying you should become a shmata and don't just be mavata and everything. There's, there's a progression here. You have to follow the steps of the progression. That's what I'm saying. I don't think this is so easy. If somebody thinks like you heard this and just like figured this all out, you didn't even get started. You didn't even get started. This is like a real avayda. But what I find with like thousands of people that I'm sitting with is that they're, they're all somewhere in these three steps where they're trying to get somewhere. 
Because it's hard, they fall off. So then get back on and keep trying to get yourself to that point. You know what I'm saying? All right. One more? One more question. Yeah, one more question. Okay. Um, somebody just wanted to know, what does it mean to talk it through emotions of marriage? How should we discuss the foundations of marriage? Say, hey, I heard this. Share. It wasn't too bad. And <laughs> what do you think about this idea? And how does this apply to our life? Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, <laughs> how is your day? Good, right? Allow your spouse. I always say like the initial contact is not when you hit them with anything heavy, right? So let your spouse come home and decompress. And then when you go for a walk, say like, hey, I heard this interesting idea. What do you think about this? Talk it through. Be like, you know, I see this element so much in our in our own marriages. So much love and so much acceptance and highlight. Talk, talk it out. All the points where you do connect. All the points where you do accept. Don't bring up the negativity. You know, a lot of times you you see what's not there by what is there. You know what I mean? Like there's an art form where instead of drawing out every detail, like sort of the outlines create the image. A lot of times you'd be very wise to do that in your own conversations where the outlines create the image. By what you do accept, it highlights the parts that are maybe more of a struggle. You know, I I I think that people are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. You know, we think we have to like, ram it down their throats and show them like how dumb they are. You're probably married to, if you're smart, you're probably married to a pretty smart person, right? And they're, they're probably pretty aware that like you're, you're not happy or they're not happy. I don't think you have to like say to them, like, by the way, I'm not happy. Thank you. Me neither. You know what I mean? They usually figure it out a lot faster than you think. That's an emotional conversation. Your, your conversation is simply, you know, here's this idea and how do we see this play itself out? You know, how about if we started and then put something into your marriage that you want to have? You want expression in your marriage? How about if we started every Friday night? I'll leave a card for you by the candles and 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 you'll leave a card for me by by the becher. Right, how about if, you know, we made sure every Tuesday night after the kids go to sleep, whatever, we have a babysitter for an hour and we went out to eat. How about if we brought this, bring something into your home? That's what it means to have a conversation. Why are we doing this? Because it's really important that this element becomes more present in our marriage. Not blame, not shame, not your fault or my fault. Don't blame your chassan and kala teacher. It, it not, you know what I'm saying? People go back here this whole time. I had a bad chassan. It's 40 years ago. I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? It's 40 years ago. You have to like blame somebody else. Like it's been 40 years. You have to like, yeah, move on. You know what I mean? Like now is the time to like start incorporating a lot of these ideas into your relationship. That's what it means to have an emotional conversation. But it's not an emo- wait. But it's not emotional. I think I think that's the part you're trying to bring out. But the conversation itself is not emotional. It's not you're not you're not emotional while you're having the conversation. It's a very factual. It's it's a learning process. Think about studying for medical school or anything else, right? If you become an EMT, you're not learning on 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 bodies, not learning on crash scenes. You know what I'm saying? You're learning in a sterile environment in a room. It's very calm, it's very relaxed. There's a book, you're talking, you're schmoozing, you're learning. That's how you're learning. You're not, you're not, you're not like thrown into a scene and there's everything flying everywhere, and that's where you're having a conversation. If you if your conversations about emotions become emotional, then you're doing something wrong. It's supposed to be very calm. You're just bringing in an idea, a side. Where do we see this? How can we apply this? And if the conversation goes more than like 15, 20 minutes, and if your spouse grabs onto it and starts talking their own things. They start sharing with you with Vartaira. They start telling you how they see something. Then you did a very good job. 
you woke them up to something that needs to be discussed. That is a very, very good thing that you brought into your into your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, maybe one more quick one. What time is it? Okay, we could do one more. <laughs> we took off two weeks, so we could, uh, yeah. When I find myself struggling to accept my husband, my mind often turns to divorce. Even if divorce isn't, even if divorce is inappropriate, it's kind of like black and white. It's kind of like a black and white experience. How can I stop doing that? Yeah, so it, I'll, I'll answer this short, short even though it's a, re- a really long answer. It's very hard to have one foot out the door and also be walking into the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? It's very hard to. The the much I always give is like if you're standing on the edge of Niagara Falls and you're tiptoeing and you slip off, the person's going to hit themselves on the rocks. If you run and you jump, you'll land in the water. When it comes to relationships, you can't be in it 10%. It doesn't work. You won't. You won't even begin to taste or understand what marriage is, what a relationship is, if you're in it 10%. Just, it just won't be. So as part of the goal of marriage, which is, I would call it acceptance and respect and security and trust and love and these ideas, I would encourage a person to take the word divorce. Even when I sit with couples that ultimately do get divorced, but when they're giving it like a real shot, I tell them you have to take the word divorce. And put it on the side for whatever amount of time. It could be six months, a year. You can't mention it. can't think about it. For right now, you're 100% in it. Because if you're not 100% in it, then you're 0% in it. If any minute something can snap and you're just out the door, so then, so, so what are we doing? It's not going to work. I'll throw something else out here also. When, when, whenever couples tell me that they want to separate, and there is a time for separation, but not nearly as much as people separate. A lot of times people separate expecting the separation like absence makes the heart grow fonder. I find that absence makes the heart want to get divorced. They're like, they're like, this is great. <laughs> like finally able to get out of the relationship. You have to be in it and like really working on the foundations of a home rather than pulling away. If a person is thinking of divorce or with one foot out the door, it usually is really counterproductive for what you ultimately would try to accomplish. And therefore, they would be very, very wise to put the idea of divorce on the side for a while, six to 12 months, really throw yourself into giving your spouse, understanding like the foundations of what your marriage needs. And like yom yom, every single day, just put it in, put it in, put it in. And if a person does that, then usually they will find that something will start to build and the idea of divorce will be the last thing on their mind. Like, why in the world am I, why, why am I even thinking of leaving this person? This person's amazing. All those things that you're not getting, you'll start getting because the same way you're not giving, your spouse is also not giving because they're also smart enough to realize that you have one foot out the door. Or maybe they also have one foot out the door. You know what I'm saying? You have to be in it and your spouse has to be in it enough that you're actually both truly giving and making something happen. If that's not happening, then... You're 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 not even gonna get to two percent of what you could build. Yeah, we could do another one if you want. Yeah, one more. Everybody okay here? Yeah, okay. What's if I don't know who he is, can't see what he's about because the negativity is blinding? Because that's a deep question. That's a question that has to be spoken through with a third party. Meaning it's it's not a question for a zoom, it's a question that has to be discussed, you know, thoroughly. Because there's obviously some sort of big block over here that's separating between 
the wife and the husband. And that's not okay. That, that block has to come down, either because he's putting up the block or because she's perceiving the block. But that's not a simple question. That's a, that's a question that has to be really smoothed through, preferably with both couple, like the whole couple, the couple, man and the woman, speaking this out with a third party. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.